everyone. Uh, welcome back to our sporadically scheduled podcast, Break the Ice. Uh, episode what, Zach? Is this six now? Six, seven? Uh, but today, happy to have uh, one of the newest caps here, Brendan Dillon, uh, obtained uh, less than a month ago from San Jose. Welcome, Brendan. Thanks good to have you. Me. Good you. to have you in D.C. Good to have you on the caps and good to have you in the studio here. Um I mean, let's start out by going way back. Um, you're, you're, I get. Were you born in New Westminster? Born in New Westminster, but uh, ten minutes outside my hometown of Surrey. Right. So that's yeah. those are basically Vancouver uh, suburbs. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that, that that's arguably probably one of my favorite places in the league to visit. So, <laughs> what was it like to grow up in in that region of the world? Yeah, um, a West Coast West Coast kid. Born and raised, um, you know, my dad, uh, he actually worked in New Westminster as a pharmacologist, so uh, that's the reason why I was born there and not in my hometown of Surrey, but um, just awesome place to grow up. I had a younger sister. Uh, I was in the same house for pretty much until I left for junior hockey at age 16. Um, lots of friends and family that are still there, and uh, usually when uh, when I'm back playing the Canucks, it's usually I'm playing for free that night with all the tickets <laughs> I gotta get, but... Um, yeah, lots of, lots of stuff to do in the summertime. I got a great, uh, great workout and training program when I'm, when I'm back there in the summers and, you know, a lot of my, uh, my hockey friends from around the league are her back. So we get some, some good competitive skates and, uh, a little bit of sunshine. And when you did go away to play junior, you went to Seattle, uh, played <coughs> for the Thunderbirds. So, I mean, let's, let's, um, what are your, what are your thoughts on Seattle's incoming NHL team and what can you tell us about the area and that that uh, that building which I guess they're gonna re- yeah. revitalize and revamp for uh what is it 2021 22 20, yeah yeah so another yeah year in a bit I guess um yeah I mean Seattle another awesome awesome city um I was very fortunate to only be a couple couple hour drive from home so uh, I think of the 31 or 32 home games whatever it was uh for those four years of junior uh, my dad was at uh, all 32 of them, so made me feel comfortable and right at home. And uh, they they have an awesome organization there. I was I was fortunate. I had a bunch of first round picks I got to play with. Um, you know, former NHL player Turner Stevenson was mm-hmm. a coach, and Rob Sumner as well, and um, Russ Farwell, former NHL GM with yeah. the Flyers, who. Uh, really just helped you prepare for the pro level. Uh, I mean, they run things in major junior um, throughout Canada and the States at such a high level now, um, whether it's the off-ice training that you're, you know, you're learning how to how to get better at every day or the travel, you're on a bus for long road trips and getting to know your teammates a lot. And um, again, you know, the Pacific Northwest there, um, the relativity to Vancouver, um, you know, it's, it's not too far from California when they do get an NHL team. So for a lot of rivalries, I think when... When they do come in, and uh, my my first two years actually of junior there, we we played at the Key Arena, so uh, right downtown Seattle, um, right by the Space Needle, um, you know, pretty close proximity to where the Seahawks and the Mariners play, so lots going on down there, and um, you know, you can already tell. Uh, usually in my my summertime, I try to get down to a few Mariners games. Uh, big yeah. baseball fan, so they've they've already got some buzz about mm-hmm. the hockey team going down there, and. Uh, overall, I think it's going to be an awesome addition to the league. Yeah, I think a lot of us are excited to. I've never spent any time there. I'm looking forward to get out, getting getting out that way. And it's always uh, it's always good to have a new barn and new city to explore and all that. So I think all, a lot of us are excited about that. I think I read somewhere where you were only at the age of 15, you were five two. 
Yeah. So that means uh, you shot up about an, a foot and a couple of inches uh, after that. Was your were your parents taller? Was it? Yeah, my my dad's six two. My mom is five nine, five ten. So um, you know the the clock was ticking, and it was just huh. it felt like a matter of time eventually where I was supposed to get some sort of growth spurt. And um, we have what's called the the major junior bantam draft when you're fourteen and fifteen, which makes you eligible for the WHL or OHL or, mm-hmm. or whatever junior league. And a lot of my buddies uh, got picked up in that. And, um, you know, the continuous message to me was, uh, you know, he skates well, but he's just too small. You know, you, you can't teach size at that age. And, um, you know, I, I took that uh, I took that to heart and I took that as, a you know, something to kind of have as a chip on my shoulder growing up. And I kind of had to learn for the next couple of years uh, as a 15 year old, as a 16 year old, 17 year old, how to, you know, how to play as an undersized defenseman. And, um, kind of with that, um, I don't know what it was, if the, the milk or the, the vegetables <laughs> mom was serving me or, or what happened, but, um, I was fortunate to, to sprout up a couple inches. And I think during my draft year, 17, 18, I was about, um, you know, five eleven, six foot. And then as a 19 year old, I remember, um, six foot and six foot one. And then, here I am now, uh, 28, 29 as a six foot four. Uh, so finally kind of caught up to myself. And, and I think just at those young ages, having to deal with the kind of different challenges of being a shorter player, um, it's helped my game today. When you were growing into the bigger body, was, was that awkward? Did that cause problems as far as trying to get a, a, adjusting to your new and evolving size? Yeah, I think that's one thing that for, you know, I have to credit my parents and, you know, especially my friend group growing up is, is hockey was, was definitely a big thing, especially growing up in Canada. But I did everything from basketball to volleyball to badminton, tennis, soccer. I mean, you name it, I was doing it. And I think that's something that for, for your body and as a developing kid, especially um, even during the hockey season when I'd come home in the summertime, uh, you know, we were getting buddies together and throwing a baseball around or going to, you know, a local basketball court and, and shooting hoops or whatever. And, and I think when you can kind of work on all those different skills and, and you know, make sure that you're getting your coordination, you're, you're using your hands, your mind, your legs, whatever it might be. Um, you know, I, I think those things away from the rink really helped me transition. As you were finally shedding that label of being too small and you were growing into an NHL-sized player, were you expecting to maybe get drafted one of those years of, of eligibility by an NHL club? Yeah, I mean, I think every kid, especially for me and, and growing up in Canada and you know, watching Hockey Night in Canada on Saturdays at the family and playing mini sticks and, and these types of things, uh, that was every player's, every kid's goal is to, to play in the NHL one day. And, um, you know, it didn't really start being a realization of mine until I was fortunate enough to, to start playing major junior hockey and, and you know, playing amongst and, and practicing with guys that were drafted to the NHL that were in the conversation of, you know, having sports agents. And um, I didn't have any clue what mm. this kind of stuff meant in the long term. I I just love playing the game so much and, you know, wanted to get better at it and wanted to keep up with all these other guys. And um, as an 18-year-old, uh, which was my second year of, of junior in Seattle, um, I, I wasn't. Uh, I was kind of rated. I wasn't rated. It, it was all over the map during the year, and, and I was uh, unfortunately didn't get drafted in the NHL draft. And uh, as a free agent, I was actually invited to go to the Pittsburgh Penguins camp, um, which was took place in actually Kitchener, Ontario. There's a couple other teams: Ottawa, Toronto, and. Um, uh, sure enough, our, our head coach of the Pittsburgh Penguins team for that rookie camp was Todd Reardon. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
it was funny when I got traded here to Washington and, you know, I talked to him on the phone and uh, one of the first things he said is, do you remember me? And I said, oh, yes, I, I remember all your, you know, the breakout rules, the preparation, the things I went through. And um, still to this day, I mean, that's obviously, uh, you know, a huge thing for him, why he's been so successful as an NHL coach is how prepared he is and, and how he is for his players, giving them every opportunity to succeed. And, um, you know, I think just, that week or two I was there for that NHL rookie camp, um, you know, I learned so much, but at the same time really opened my eyes to, wow, you know, you got a long way to go if you want to get up to this level. Well, and you you, you did it, and to me, when I, when I look at your progression, I mean, it's pretty remarkable for a guy who wasn't drafted. Typically, um, pedigree is so important in the NHL for whatever reasons. You see guys who are drafted in the first round just get chance after chance, opportunity after opportunity, and guys who aren't drafted or were picked in the sixth or seventh round, you know, it's it's pretty easy to just sort of dismiss them. And labels are, are, you know, easily acquired and very difficult to shed, I think, in this game too. Um, so you, you go to camp with Pittsburgh and, and wind up signing with Dallas. How, how did that happen? Yeah, so that was my, would have been then my 19-year-old season. So my second last year of junior, I, I came back from, from my year uh, from that rookie camp with Pittsburgh and had a lot of confidence from it. Um, you know, we had a fairly good team in Seattle and, you know, I was kind of playing. I was starting to get more roles. Um, just minutes in general is something I think for any hockey players is how you get better. And, um, you know, the coaching staff there was great for me, really helped me do a lot of growing up on and off the ice when it came to, you know, just becoming whether it was the eating habits or, uh, you know, the sleep habits, the on-ice working after practice was done habits, these types of things, which to this day I, I still still have with me. And um, I came back as an overage year, so 19 and 20, which is your last year of eligibility for junior. And, and kind of that summer, uh, just thought to myself, what the heck, I got nothing to lose. Um, let's go out and, and give yourself the best kick at the can to, to continue playing this game. Um, you know, you have, there's there's... Canadian college and universities that are starting to call you that summer and um, you know as much as that's an awesome route to go um, I just couldn't imagine myself not playing hockey and whether that was you know the the skating coaches in the summer or the skills coaches or, or, or just other players that I knew were better than me um, I asked a lot of questions how can I get better in this asset area or how can I add this asset to my game and um, going back that year I I had, a, I had a very successful year, and uh, I was fortunate to talk to to a good chunk of NHL teams. And, and one of the blessings, I guess, in disguise, being an undrafted guy, is, is I was able to kind of look at some other rosters, see what's kind of prospects and, and, and what kind of organizations where they were at and their kind of you know, winning and, and, you know, rebuilding those types of processes. And um, actually, Steve Richmond with, with Washington was one of the guys mm -hmm. that I had talked to. And, and again, it's kind of a small hockey world. I remember meeting with him, going for lunch at a Panera Bread there in Seattle and uh, him going over, you know, the Washington team. Uh, I think that year was the year, or maybe the year before, so was when Johnny Carlson was, was drafted. I remember thinking, geez, what an unbelievable player. Uh, yeah. What a bright future for the Caps on the back end. And um, at that time, it just, uh, you know, the Dallas organization, it just kind of worked out at the time. And, and, and again, uh, I think that's, again, the funny thing with hockey is there's always a small world. There's someone who knows somebody. And uh, I think the relationship that I met, I remember uh, as I left with Steve, or, uh, Steve Richmond, I was like, this is, you know, what an organization, what a group of, of people it seems like here. And um, here we are 10, 11 
12 years ago, whatever it is now, later, um, here I am sitting as a Washington Capitol and couldn't be happier. <laughs> That's pretty wild. Yeah, Steve's a pretty great guy. Yeah. Um, it, and it's it's kind of interesting, too. You you mentioned John Carlson, and, and, and now um, looking at the Caps' defense, now the seven of you guys – Take take Jonas Siegenthaler out of the the equation. The other six of you guys are all born in uh, within eighteen months of one another. Uh, draft years, first draft years between two two. Uh, you guys are all twenty nine, thirty years old. It's it's kind of interesting. Um, only two drafted here, I think, uh, Orly and uh, and John, and the rest of you guys sort of arrived at various times and you know i think i think it's it's interesting you're all kind of at the same stage of your career in those those prime years and and hopefully that'll be a, a boon for the caps here going forward in the uh uh playoffs here um to me when you're not drafted you're you're kind of a self-made player and and you look around the league guys like dan girardi and, and mark giordano were able to do that and have really really good careers um there's a few forwards i mean you know joel ward he took that that route that you spoke of the canadian college route and, and that's that's one that you don't see a lot of guys take and then make make the nhl um jay beagle's another guy who came through here who wasn't drafted and made a a pretty strong uh career for himself um you you mentioned having a chip on your sh- shoulder and wanting to to prove uh people wrong but then once you did get to dallas John Carlson made it to the NHL playing probably 70, 75 American League games. I mean, you're right there with him. He was a first-round pick. You're a guy who was not drafted at all. What led to that quick ascension that you had from the Texas Stars to the Dallas Stars? Yeah, uh, I mean, again, I, I think that the whole undrafted thing was really uh, really an eye-opener for me. Um, I, I remember just the disappointment, the, the frustration, um, kind of the just the mad feelings of, of you know, 30, 30 teams passing over on you seven, eight times, and it's like, you know, almost you wanted to, to stick it to them, like, you know what, I, I want to show you guys, you know, I want to show and prove to... To, to all of you that I, that I can play and you know I think I've I've just never been satisfied at any level when I got to the American League and you know got a taste of the NHL action and in preseason and uh, I just wanted to continue to get better uh, whether that was video or practice time or time in the gym I just you know I, I just all I thought about was was wanting to get better and um, again being fortunate to once I got to Dallas, having you know the Stefan Robidas, the Trevor Dailies, um, Brendan Morrow, uh, Jamie Ben, I mean just quality, quality players that that continuously worked at their game, and um, you know it's no no surprise to me that all those guys have had very, very successful NHL careers, and um, you know then moving from there to to San Jose, um, you know again it's it's kind of a shock as a younger player when you your life gets kind of turned around like that, um, but again that was another kind of. Uh, something to kind of have a chip on my shoulder that's maybe a team didn't believe in me or stopped believing in me and I really was was just wanting to to continue to get better and and show that hey you know I want to be an impact player here and um, again just trying to grow every year you you see you know whether it's the deep players that you have on your team or, or even the forwards that have continued to make themselves so good at such a high level I mean the NHL is the the best league in the world, and when you see guys like Ovechkin, you see guys like Backy, Johnny Carlson, be such such good players at the best league in the world, 
uh, they're doing something right. And uh, I mean, they're, they're special players that not a lot of us can do things that they can, but um, you know, whether that's asking them a couple questions here and there about things or, or trying to emulate certain parts of the game. Um, you know, I think it's, it's, it's very fortunate that I've been, been lucky to play with a lot of these guys. And you mentioned that you were proactive about trying to add different assets to your game. Just the fact that you're able to, to grow a foot and, and thicken up a little bit. I mean, really, for a defenseman, gives you uh, a, a real big leg up if you're able to channel that into uh, you know good size NHL body, and then maybe put a little mean streak in there. I mean, I think that that's going to make you attractive to 31, 32 teams pretty soon. Yeah, well, I, I think even when I was in junior, uh, as you kind of get towards the end of that. You know, my junior career when, when, when the pro teams were starting to talk and, you know, you realize that as a defenseman, um, you know, the, the forwards and the skill is so good at this level that um, for a bigger guy, if you can play with a bit of a mean streak, if, uh, you know, for me being hard to play against, um, you know, I really took that as a, um, you know, a staple in my game. And I, I really took a lot of pride in whether it was forwards on the other team being like, oh, you know, I got to play against that Dylan guy tonight or after the game being like, man, I hate playing against that Dylan. Uh, and to this day, I, I love I love having that in my game. Um, but I've tried to add other things too, which which has made me be able to play with, you know, the Eric Carlsons, the Brent Burnses, and, and now being fortunate enough to be paired up with Johnny. Um, you know, I feel like my, my feet have, have kind of been one of my bigger attributes too, being able to skate and keep up with those guys and, and help move pucks and, and kind of let them do their thing. But But at the same time, um, being very responsible defensively first and foremost and um, it, it's funny when you, you, you kind of find that chemistry with certain players and uh, you know and, and kind of stick to what makes you successful um, you know I, I know for me if I tried to go out there and do it oh or, or back you're doing uh, I, I'm not going to be in the lineup for very long or in the league for very long so if I, I can find the things that Brennan Dillon can do to the best of his ability um, you know I'm going to try and do that and, and then add from there. Well you've definitely made yourself a a good complimentary player for a, a number one D partner. Um, and playing with some of the guys that you mentioned, Burns, the two Carlsons with the two different spellings. Um, what? How would you compare the three of those guys? They're all dynamic players. Yeah. They're three, different, three really different bodies, though, too. Um, any of them easier or di- more difficult to, to play with for any, any reason? I mean, you look at all three of them, and they're all... I mean, the, the highest of high-end players, uh, you know, a couple Norris winners and knock on wood, hopefully yeah. a third one to that group. Um, but uh, I think all of them, they, they see the ice so well. Um, they make plays. Uh, they, they're obviously high-end on the power play. And, and I think for me, um, you know, I, I just try to communicate and, and make sure that those guys feel comfortable, give them the puck and let them do what they're so good at. And um, as he said, all three so different in their different ways. Burnsy's a, a six foot five, two hundred and forty pound guy who, um, you know, sometimes doesn't even realize how big he is and, and how he can impact things defensively. But has a bomb of a shot. Eric's a guy who, who can be up in the rush and almost be leading the rush a lot of times. And uh, Johnny just always seems to play with his head up and find the right guy to make plays to. And, and, and I think there's a reason when these guys are, as defensemen, throwing 50, 60, 70 points up uh, on the board. Uh, you don't see that too often. And 
Um, there's a reason why those guys are playing big minutes or, or such key parts of, of all these teams and, and why a lot of these teams are having success. You came up with, with Dallas during the, uh, I think you had a, a cup of coffee the, the year before the lockout, but played every game during that lockout season, so probably started that season in, in Texas and then and then came up when yep. when the lockout ended in, in January. And I think it was a couple of weeks into your NHL career, you scored your first goal. Yep. Gordy Howe hat trick. Yeah, um, we had a guy last year, Tyler Lewington, okay. who, who came up and in his second NHL game, this guy he played um, played the the last game before the holiday break. Yep. Got sent back down. Played the game after the holiday break, and Gordy Howe hat trick in that wow. that second game. And we're thinking, come on, nobody's nobody's ever scored a Gordy Howe hat trick within their first two. Yeah. NHL games, we got to look this up, but the league doesn't track such things. So oh, okay. no way of verifying, but I mean, he may have knocked you out of the record book. Then, yeah, I, I mean, uh, <laughs> it was it was crazy. I mean, actually, someone told me this. It was kind of random. I think it was when we were in Dallas either last year that I think I might have had the first Gordial hat trick as either a defenseman. You're or the something. only defenseman in that in that franchise's okay. history to have one. My understanding. Okay, is. yeah, that's what someone told me, and I was kind of blown away because they've had. I mean, they've had some good guys go. Had some good guys go through. I mean, I don't know if Sergei Zubov was getting that. Probably Gordie didn't Howe. drop the mitts. Too yeah, much. but um, yeah, I think it's it's again for for my game personally. Um, you know, I, I like to play physical. I like to play hard and. With that, sometimes, uh, sometimes there is the need to drop the gloves. Um, you know, I think for for my role and stuff, I've I've had it grow to the point where sometimes I got to be smart about it and, and making sure that I'm you know not hurting the team and I'm I'm able to you know play the minutes that I'm I've been been lucky enough to have. But uh, I think for for my game specifically, just working on moving pucks and and especially with the the skill and talent that that I've been fortunate enough to play with over the years. Um, a wise coach once told me, um, you know, get that puck to those guys that make more money than you, and most oftentimes they're going to reward you. And, um, you know, I've I've been very lucky to play with a lot of good forwards, good defense partners, and, um, you know, most oftentimes I'm getting yelled at to shoot it a little bit more, but, um, you know, I definitely like to dish the rock to them. Well, we've seen you drop the mitts a couple of times, and once the other guy dropped them too, the other time he kind of kept them on to protect himself <laughs> from from your blows. But yeah. I, I noticed the uh, the other night against uh, Hartman, you, you're you're throwing them with uh, with both hands. Was that something that that was developed along the way? Uh, again, it's a good I, asset to have. Yeah, yeah. I guess I mean I know from from my aspect when guys have thrown with both hands against me, it's it's not the easiest to defend and. Sometimes you just black out when you're so mad or you're, you know, when you're in the midst of a, of a fight, you can kind of get lost in the shuffle. And um, there there is a bit of technique to it. Um, you know, you talk to guys on the team here, even like Willie, who, who fights mm-hmm. a lot, or, or Hath. And um, sometimes you go into it and you, you feel like you're going to have all this technique and these certain things you're going to do. And <laughs> you look at the tape after and none, none of that happened as you thought it was going to go. And there's so many different variables during a hockey game. And, and especially when a fight happens, if it's at the beginning of a shift, end of a shift, um, you know, a guy bigger than you, smaller than you, whatever it might be. Um, and, uh, you know, I think before games, you try to go into it knowing who your opponents are against. Uh, you know, you know, certain guys on the other team that might be, you know, hitting a little bit late or guys that are going to obviously maybe give you a little bit more time or space. And, um, with that, as I said, sometimes uh, there are fights that happen, and, and when they do, you just got to be prepared for it. You mentioned hockey's a small world. Sometimes you, you move teams. 
I'm sure when you're in San Jose or you're in Dallas, you have guys come in that you had fought before. You come here and, you, like you, you mentioned, half you guys have scrapped before. Is that something that needs to be addressed, or you just it's just water under the bridge automatically and nothing needs to be said about it? Yeah, we kind of joked around about it a little bit. When when Hath played in Calgary and I was in San Jose, being in the same division, we saw a lot of each other. And, um, again, two guys that, that like to play play the game hard. And um, a lot of times I, I found myself yelling at them or trying to <laughs> – run after him, whatever it might be and uh we kind of joke that it's nice to you know not have to worry about each other on the other team these these times and same thing with Willie too I mean you know these guys are high high-end players but you know they, they like to finish their checks too and, and I, I see a guy like Tom Wilson who um you know just had his 21st or whatever it was goal the yeah. other night too and um you know kind of like me is, is is you know tries to play the game hard but has added to it too and, and I, I think when you see a guy like him who can play with Ovi or, or myself who can play with a guy like John um you know when you can have that part of your game I think it really is is tough to play against and um uh, again when it goes back to the fighting and, and guys that you play with along the way um once you're wearing the same jersey as them once you're going for for dinners and whatnot together um you know we're we're all trying to be trying to be good guys and and, and get along and um, that's from day one here in Washington. Everyone's been been unbelievable. And you don't just use the hands for for punching and, and making breakout passes either. So where you, you you credit your soft hands to playing the piano and playing uh, guitar as a, as a kid, right? Yeah, my well, that was the big thing in the Dylan household was um, you know sports was was obviously key. You know whether that was was hockey, baseball, whatever it was. Then um, also had to be a musical instrument and. Uh, my mom and dad, as as a kid, we always had a piano in the living room, and um, you know, for nine or I think it was nine or ten years, whatever it is, um, you know, that was that was part of the routine. You know, it was hockey practice on Mondays or Tuesdays, piano on Wednesdays or Thursdays, whatever it was, and um, you know, I don't tell too many people that, but um, for for me, it was it was just something that was nice to to kind of have some something outside of sports you know yeah. that could kind of calm you down and you could appreciate a lot more even to this day uh, you know I don't uh, I don't mind uh, the odd jazz or the odd whatever it might be on my Spotify um, but but again definitely was was a big part of my life music for sure is it still like what do you what do you listen to before games what what pumps you up yeah, uh, well, I'm I'm not the DJ here for the Caps. Uh, they they've got that. Uh, that's usually Ovi or, or or Tom, I think, on that. Um, I, I'm a pretty easygoing guy. I think that's one thing with with you know getting to know instruments at a young age. Um, I appreciate whether that's rock, hip hop, country. Um, jazz, classical. Um, literally, I kind of got a smorgasbord going on um, in my playlist, but. Um, before the game here, we're usually quite a bit of upbeat stuff, um, stuff that'll kind of get you ready to rock and roll for the games. And um, yeah, the guitar is something that I've kind of picked up here with with being a hockey player, moving around quite a bit, and um, it's kind of tough to pack a piano in your uh, <laughs> in your backpack or your your storage unit, whatever it might be. So um, yeah, one of the guys I played with in the American League kind of self taught himself through YouTube, and um, I, I think with playing the piano, I'd kind of had a had a hunch on a few of the the chords and, and these kinds of things. Had a little bit of rhythm. I I can't carry that rhythm onto the dance floor, but I can have it a little <laughs> bit with some of the music. And um, you know, I know a couple chords now, and a few guys in San Jose played. And and now, I mean, I I see Holtz is jamming yeah. all the time. He's he's a heck of a player. Yeah, he's good. Really good. It's fun to watch. Um, when when you were uh, I don't know what I guess it was your third year in Dallas. You were dealt in um, yep. November. Yep. That was the first trade. Most guys say that that one's the the shocker. Um, did you see it coming? What were your thoughts when it happened? Yeah, that trade. Um, 
I, I honestly had no clue it was coming, really. Uh, I remember the day I was just kind of stretching in the gym area. Uh, GM very calmly was like, hey, uh, Dills, when you get a chance, just going to have a quick chat with you. No, no kind of urgency or anything and um you know obviously 10-15 minutes later when when I got the news it was kind of like a shock I mean uh, a lot of those guys that were on the the stars at the time I'd played with in the American League had kind of watched come up together and um you know we just made the playoffs for the first time and I think it was like seven or eight years the year before and um you know it was something where you're obviously looking to take the next step as a team and personally too and um when it did happen though um like anything it was it was a quick turnaround you know you're you're on a plane that night and um for me I was fortunate enough where you know I, I didn't have a, a wife or kids or anything like that so it was uh just myself and a, and a couple suitcases and made my way to, to California and um you know for we're going in there, you know, you're, you're meeting the Joe Thorntons and the Patrick Marlowe's and Joe Pavelski's and Brent Burns and um, a lot of these guys that um, weren't the easiest to play against. And, and now all of a sudden these guys are, are on your team and you're making passes to them. So, um, you know, six years later and, and now here I am in Washington and, and you know, same sort of feeling here. You know, you're very fortunate to walk into a room with the Ovechkins and Kuznetsovs and John Carlson's, TJ Oshies and, um, you know, a lot of the similar high, high-end players and people. You must have made an impression on the Sharks, I think, because when you look at your uh, hockey reference page, the the splits against every other team, you played, you know, 19, 20 minutes average against most teams. And then you get to San Jose, you play like 23, almost 24 minutes a night against them. However many oh, yeah. games you played against them when you were with Dallas. Okay. Just a ton of ice time. So there there must have been somebody there who, whose eyes you opened up and, and you get yeah. there. Uh, I'm wondering, though, is, is there a big difference between getting traded in November versus getting traded right in front of the deadline where there's probably a little more pressure on, hey, we, you know, we give up assets to get this guy. We need him to... Yeah, I think any time you're getting traded, um, I mean, for me personally, I have high expectations of myself. And uh, when you go to a new team, of course, you want to make a, a good impression. You, you want to be a big part. You want to be, um, you know, a valued member of that team. And, and I think uh, for, for the year that San Jose was having, and there was obviously some speculation that we weren't going to make playoffs. Uh, there was a bunch of injuries going on. Um, you know, with just my situation and everything, um, you know, it was getting closer and closer and, you know, more and more questions asked. And um, it was just a sense of relief, I think, that I was able to come to a team as, as good as Washington, uh, the city of Washington, the fan base, um, you know, the players here. Uh, I just couldn't be more in a, you know, in a better opportunity and situation than that. And, and I think especially once you come in, um, you know, the – between talking to, to BMAC and, and Todd, you know, the team was going through a bit of a rough stretch there um, kind of through February. And, um, you know, I think that the big thing um, with coming to this is, is you want to be be someone that's going to help. You know, you want to be a part of the puzzle that's that's going to fix things. And uh, I think it's nothing happens overnight, but, but over these last kind of two or three games, I think we've started to see a trend of, of what makes us successful. Uh, and talking about the uh, specifically the, the game against Minnesota on Sunday night, um, Seemed like they spent a, a fair amount of time in you guys' end. There were a couple of shifts that were maybe elongated by, um, you know, puck on on a stick that didn't get out. But, you know, it seemed like one of those bend-but-don't-break games, too. They only – I mean, they came in pretty hot as far as um, their their attack over the last handful of games. You guys only gave them the one goal at 5-on-5. At five five. Do you feel like um, that just the way these last, I'd say, four games have gone – 
it does seem like you guys have turned a corner a little bit in that regard, certainly in, in defending it at five on five. Well, I think with, with how much skill and, and how much offense we have here in Washington, um, I think the big focus, which a lot of us know, is when we have that attention to defense, uh, when we really buckle down and, and take care of our own zone, um, the, the goals are going to take care of themselves, whether that's on the power play or, or again, with, with how much high-end offense we have. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're going to get those chances. We're going to get those opportunities. And um, I think, as you said, that Minnesota game, they're a team that has scored something like 12 goals in their last two games, you know, 7 nothing, 5-1 or whatever it might have yes. been. And they're a team that's as desperate as ever. Uh, I think with these last 10, 15 games, um, you know, it's not just teams that are fighting for first or second place in their division. It's teams that are fighting just to get in. Yep. And, and I think that desperation, uh, that the league as a whole, there's so much parity to begin with. But when you throw in the fact of a team, you know, they got coaches that are screaming at them too. Um, they've got fans that are yelling at them to get some wins going too. And, and, and I think for, for any team, when you have that desperation in your game, which, which we're starting to find again as well, you know, combine that with the skill and the offense and, and all that sort of thing, you're, you're going to have a recipe for success. You're uh, closing in on 600 career games. Perfect world. You're you're about halfway through the run. Um, unrestricted free agent this summer, I think first time for, yeah. for that. What, yep. uh, what goes into, I mean, what are your thoughts now where you, 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 you know, you got kind of a blank canvas as far as w- what the rest of your career is going to look like. Yeah. What goes into that? You, you've been in the West your whole career until these last few weeks. The Eastern travel schedule is very different from the West. Yeah. Uh, what sort of things go into deciding uh, where Brendan Dillon uh, plays next? <laughs> to be honest, I, I'm not thinking too, too much about that right now. Um, you know, I think for, for, for this season as a whole, um, you know, especially now coming to Washington, knowing the opportunity in front of me, um, seeing it, what almost seems like a different league for a guy that's been in the West the whole yeah. time. Um, you know, the travel and whatnot, just when you're starting to fall asleep on the trip to New Jersey, you're landing. Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny too. A lot of guys are, you know, staying in their suits on the plane. I'm used to stripping on down, getting in the sweatpants and getting comfy for the two, three hour divisional games. And um, I, I think that in itself has, has been awesome to, to, to see, to, you know, the taking care of your body, getting rest, getting sleep. Um, these are such important things. And um, But first and foremost for me, uh, coming up on that 600 games, uh, I've, I've been fortunate enough to play in a Stanley Cup final, um, you know, playing two conference championship finals. And uh, I just want to win. Um, you know, you see when, when you meet guys like Ovechkin, you, you meet uh, the leadership group here, you know, Osh and, and, and Carl and, and getting to know Holtz and these guys, I mean, as skilled and talented and, and having already won, um, you know, they, it's almost like they want it even more now. And yeah. to be a part of that, um, I, I think that's my number one focus. Um, you know, I really feel, you know, knock on wood, um, the body the body feels really good. I've been fortunate and, and lucky to, to stay healthy for most of my career. And um, you know, really do feel like I'm, I'm just starting to get into my good years. Uh, I think every year, every summer I go home, uh, I've got a few things that I've kind of got on my to-do list that I think I can improve on. And, um, you know, that list will never end, you know, whether I'm, you know, at 600 games, a thousand games, whatever it might be, if I'm fortunate to get there. And, um, I think just continuing to play with that chip on my shoulder as being an undrafted guy, um, you know, I'll never forget about that no matter what point in my career. And, just looking up to guys uh, around the league that have have been able to to win and be winners and and play a long time and um, you know be good teammates. I think those are all 
big parts of, of being an NHL player and, and, and being a good one. And, uh, and, you know, that's what I'm always just striving to get to. I think you hit on something there with the, um, the hunger that you spoke of with the guys that are here. I, I definitely uh, agree with that. And I think that um, the fact that they, they did it, they won it finally. Um, I always thought that it's easier to win it a second time than it is to win it a first time. You, you kind of unlock a, a code, but I also think that adding a guy like you and Ilya, two guys who got to the cup final, um, because just getting there is, is, is a pretty amazing and impressive achievement as well. Uh, getting a couple guys who got to the final and didn't win the cup, I think is, is going to add to that hunger uh, here going forward too. Um, last thing before we let you go, I noticed that you were, you'd express some interest post-career and maybe getting into player development, which is, you know, something that I think is kind of fascinating. You see a lot of guys around the league uh, going into that too, and you seem like you'd be cut out for it. What, what led to that? Uh, again, I, I just think my love for the game, I, I love going out and practicing. I love going out and playing games and, and being, being somebody that's counted upon in, you know, a stressful situation, um, being able to be, uh, you know, a guy that, you know, guys can lean on. And I, I think as you learn as a hockey player, there's, there's a lot of ups, there's a lot of downs. And, you know, for, for me having a lot of good people, whether that was teammates, whether that was player development guys, coaches that helped me take that next step in my game. Um, I'm forever grateful to those people and, and to be able to be someone who can impact another fellow hockey player's career, whether that's on the ice or off the ice. Um, I'd be, whether it's just it's young guys that come into the room, I, I look at myself, you know, however many years ago it was now before my first game and, and just how bright-eyed and nervous and, and kind of worried. Am I doing this wrong? Am I doing that wrong? Am I talking too much? Am I not talking enough? Uh, I think being able to calm those guys down now and when you see, you know, the, the Jacob Vranas or the Jonas Siegenthalers come in or, you know, Samsonov this year, yeah. um, I, I think being able to impact other players in a positive way, it really it puts a smile on my face. And, uh, you know, it's one thing to be able to teach them the on-ice things, but but it's the off-ice things and, and how to be a pro, how to be a good teammate that, that I think go a long way as well. So that would be more appealing to you than uh, coaching or scouting or being a GM or the yeah, other ways I mean, that you could stick around the game? Hopefully, hopefully I'll be playing this game for, for a lot longer where I can have a lot more time to think about it seriously. Yeah. Um, you know, those things truly haven't crossed my mind mind too too much yet yeah, you know I'm, I'm, I'm so so excited just to to be lucky enough to play in this league to to be an nhl player and um gonna try and drink that in as much as i can, as cool. as I can. Well, we're thrilled to have you here and thanks for spending some time with us today here after your uh, practice this morning good luck on the uh the little road trip we got coming up here and thanks to brendan Dillon for hanging out with us here in the uh, posh studio complex at uh, medstar capitals iceplex it's a lot folks yeah.